0: Welcome everyone to one more episode on the life and teachings of Jesus Christ the man who claimed to be God himself I'm very excited for today I am almost done with a pilgrim in Spain going in Santiago de la Compostela It has been amazing Today I stop in an albergue Um, to record this podcast for you. Okay, let's jump into the book itself then, Matthew 1. So in the first uh, 17 verses, we see a a concern about the genealogy of Jesus, the pedigree of Jesus, his family background. This is very important because of the prophecies. In the Old Testament, the prediction was that the Messiah will come and that he would have to be from the lineage of Judah. According to Genesis 49, we see Jacob prophesying over his 12th son, who became afterwards the head of the 12 tribes of Israel, and to Judah he said, you are a lion's whelp." And the scepter must not depart from Judah until he comes to whom it belongs and unto him the gathering of the people be. So this is the reference of the of the Messiah. That from the line, uh, so all the kings, what it means is that all the kings, kings of Judah of Israel, should be from Judah till the everlasting king comes. And that's how uh, the Messiah is associated with Judah. The scepter, of course, is is the emblem of rulership. So Jacob is saying that the rulership will rest in the hand of Judah until the final king comes. About a thousand years later, there was a noticeable king from the tribe of Judah again. His name was David. He contemplated to build a house for the Lord. And he went to Nathan. He inquired on Nathan who was the prophet at that time, um, guiding David in some things. And Nathan replied to David and said, "Um, The Lord said that you should not build a house for me because there is blood in your hands. Your son Solomon will build a house for me. But... God said, I will build a house for you, David, a dynasty, a dynasty from your, from, from your descendants, it will come a king who will rule forever over the nations, over the world. That's why the... That's why the Messiah carries the name of David because of this prom- promise made to David by Nathan in second, second Samuel 7. And this is not only a Christian belief but the Jews also understood that this is a prediction that the Messiah will come from the line of David and therefore um, as I said, this is the ex- the son of David, the expression son of David is a expression for the Messiah, for the one who will reign, who will rule over the Jews forever. Of course, David had many wives and children, and by the time of Jesus, a thousand years A thousand years after David, there were many people who were descendants of David in some respect, but there is one person to whom the Jews reserved the title son of David. This is the Messiah. Matthew opened the book with the statement, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. This is very shocking for the Jews. This is very important, and this will caught the attention of any Jew who will read these lines. Why does he take it back to Abraham as well? Because to Abraham, there was a promise made to him that from his seed will come someone who will bless all the nations? That God will bless all the nations through the seed of Abraham. And we see the fulfillment of this in Galatians, when in Galatians said that Jesus is the seed of Abraham. Basically, when Matthew is saying the son of David, he's referring to the Messiah when he's saying the son of abraham he's referring to the seed of abraham who will bless all the nations of the world and the jews were waiting for the messiah so the mention of these two very important characters in the genealogy of jesus we have a great impact to the jewish mind after these things matthew goes on and given more particulars of the genealogy beginning in verse 2 said abraham begot isaac isaac because jacob jacob because judah and his brothers now we know that this was the founding of the nations of israel from jacob the 12 tribes came and their offspring is to be called the children of israel because there were 12 sons who brought forth these nations this race they were called the tribes of israel judah is mentioned separately in the genealogy because judah is the lineage chosen by god in verse 3 says judah begot Perez and sarah by Ta- Tamar. Perez begot Ezron, Ezron begot Ram, Ram begot Aminadab. Interestingly Aminadab is mentioned in the old testament as being the father-in-law of Aaron the high priest. Now, Aaron his, himself was not in this line Aaron was of the la- of the tribe of Levi. What happened is that Levi married a woman from the, tri- from the tribe of Judah, and her father's name was Aminadab. This man was also in the lineage of Jesus. And eventually, if you go back enough here, in Matthew 1.4, Aminadab became a nation, and nation begot Solomon. We don't know much about Solomon, but we know something about his wife. In verse 5, it says... uh... In verse 5, we find that it says, Solomon begot Boaz by Rahab. Now, Rahab of course is well known. Is a well-known character in the book of Joshua chapter 2. We can see the spy story, she was not a Jew, she was a can- Canaanite, which later converted into Judaism and then she married a man from the tribe of Judah named Salmon. Together they got a family and from his lineage came Boaz, Boaz is the story of Ruth we see here Boaz because Obed the father of Ruth Ruth was a book um, she has a book devoted to herself in the Bible she was a Moabite woman which married Boaz and her son was Obed Obed is not well known in Christian stories but his son is and his grandson is even more <laughs> Because Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. So we can see that Ruth was the great-great-grandmother of David, and Rahab was also in the lineage, if you go back far enough. In verse 6 says, David the king begot Solomon, and David was the father of Solomon, by, by that woman who was the wife of Uriah. This is the way it's described by this, by that woman who was the wife of Uriah. And we know it's a reference about Bathsheba, of course. Solomon was one of the many sons of David, who after him became king. And Solomon begot Rehoboam, Rehoboam begot Abijah, Abijah begot Asaph, Asaph begot Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat begot Joram and Joram Uzziah. Uzziah Jotham, Jotham Asa, Asa Hezekiah, Hezekiah Manasseh, Manasseh Amon, Amon Josiah. I'm just paraphrasing here, so we will go a little bit faster. And then after Amon comes Josiah, Josiah Jeconiah, and his brother till the time where they were taken into Babylon into captivity and then it says after Babylon Jeconiah begot Salathiel and Salathiel begot Zorobabel and Zorobabel was the first governor after they came back from Persia at this time because Persia conquered Babylon they were taken into Babylon into captivity but Persia conquered Babylon and the Jews were there. So Robabel came and he was the came back to rebuild the temple and the the city. And he was the first governor uh, after they came back. So then it says So Robabel begot Abud, Abud begot Eliakim, Eliakim Azar. Now, these characters are a known person biblically because these characters live in the intertestamental period. That means between Malachi and Matthew, there were 400 years of silence. And these uh, Abiud, Eliakim, and Azor live at that time. So Robabel is the last one we know of. Verse 13 says, Eliakim begot Aser, Aser begot Sadok, Sadok begot Akim, Akim begot Eliub, Eliub begot Eliezer, Eliezer, Matham, Matham Jacob. Of course, this is a different Jacob than the Jacob in Genesis. And then it says, Jacob begot Joseph the husband of Mary, of Mary, of whom it was born Jesus, whom it is called the Christ. And then in verse 17 there is a summary statement, all the generation from Abraham to David are 14 generations, from David until the captivity of Babylon there are 14 generations, and from the captivity of Babylon to Christ are 14 generations as well. Now, let's make some comments about this genealogy. Uh, it might have been a little bit tedious to mention all those names that you probably are not familiar with. I'm not familiar with some of them, but there are interests, there are very interesting high points around here in this genealogy. And not the least of which, there are four women mentioned in this genealogy. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and then Bathsheba. Uh, Bathsheba is mentioned by the one who have been the wife of Uriah. Now, normally Jewish people will never include the names of women when they recorded the lineage in the genealogies. Not even a mother. So it's very uncommon that we see here a, a woman being included. It's because when you marry, you take the... You know, when when a couple get married, it's they will always carry the men's, the male last name or, or name, just to trace who were their ancestors. So, this was the case in Jewish history and in most, in Jewish culture, and in most cultures that we can see around the world even today. But what is very interesting is that Matthew includes this woman, and these women have been known for being Gentiles. Okay, Ruth was a Moabite, Rahab was a Canaanite. From Jericho you know and she was a prostitute as well and then we have Bathsheba who might have been a gentile because she was married to Uzziah the Hittite. Hittite were a Canaanite tribe as well and Jews were forbidden actually to marry Hittite woman and so Uzziah the Hittite was the wife was the husband of Bathsheba and then we we see Tamar, who married, uh, who had a um, illegitimate son with her father-in-law, in in Genesis thirty-eight or thirty, yeah, it's in Genesis, in between the story of of Joseph. So we have a very interesting thing here. Uh, three, if not the fourth of them, were Gentile women, and then we have three of these women involved somehow in a um, in sexual scandals. So we we have Re- Rehab, Rahab, Re- Re- who is who was a prostitute, okay, and then we have. Uh, Tamar in Genesis before Rahab actually um, she played the whore to have a son with his with her father-in-law, so that's very uh, strong thing what she did. And then we have Bathsheba who committed adultery with David the king, the king David, you know. And then we have Ruth. Ruth was a Gentile, but um, we don't see any uh, sexual scandal in her life. But it's very interesting what, what um, Matthew is doing here. Now, what is Matthew trying to do here? I think Matthew wants to emphasize three things. One is that the Messiah is not just for men. He was not just for Jews and not only for the morally upright. When God ordained that His Son would come into the world, He was not afraid to use woman of course. So in every generation there was a woman and therefore Jesus was not afraid to associate with woman in the ways that Jews normally did. Even his disciples were scandalized when they found him talking with that woman in John 4, the woman of the well, or we can call her the Samaritan woman. And yet Matthew freely shows that Jesus was associated by having mothers and great grandmothers and that these women were actually Gentiles and sinful Gentiles, not necessarily religious Gentiles, but sinful Gentiles, prostitutes and such. What Matthew is trying to get across is that God, in sending the Messiah, did not simply restrict his activities to those who were Jews or who were male or those who were morally upright like the Pharisees. And these things were like a slap in the face. Face of the Jewish mentality, that God will use Gentiles, immoral Gentiles, even in, even in order to bring his Son in the world. It doesn't mean that God approved the immorality, it means that Jesus and his ministry associated with people of these classes, women, Gentiles, and of course, sinners. He was called Friends of Sinners, and this is introduced as early as when Matthew gives his family background, the genealogy of Jesus, where Jesus is coming from in the flesh. To close this episode, I want you guys to meditate in the way God does things. How he uses everything for good to those who love him. We can see clearly how he uses our sins, how he uses the past, the history to bring good things out of it. We we also see how he is faithful with his promises back from Abraham, and we can even trace that to Adam. But in this in the genealogy starts in Abraham, so we see the fulfillment of the seed of Abraham, which is Jesus, and then we see the Messiah, the Son of David, which is Jesus, and and he came from. He came from the lineage of sinful woman and of woman. Why? Because he came to redeem history. He came to redeem everything. That's why Jesus came for. And so I will leave you guys to meditate in in this amazing genealogy that has so much to, to teach us. And see you in the next episode.